Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Iowa? And happy Monday. Happy Monday. So coming off kind of a, well, first of all, you know, the Iowa loss. That's beside the point right now. But coming off a Halloween weekend, Halloween was yesterday. We had our first Halloween with Dax. Yeah, we did. It just, it makes for a little bit of a tired Monday. Not going to (laughs) lie. It can't be because we have a baby that doesn't like to sleep. That's not it, right? No, not at all. (laughs) He gives us plenty of time to sleep. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly what he does. Um, Okay, so we're going to talk about Iowa. We're going to talk about the offense. We'll touch on the defense. But first, I want to talk about the Big Ten. I feel like this was kind of a... um, It's becoming chaotic. Yeah, I feel like this was a weekend. The, The games were set up in a way that it said a lot about the teams that lost, right? And the teams that won, of course, but... How do you mean? Well, I just mean it was kind of like, okay, Michigan, Michigan State, let's battle it out. Let's see who it is, right? And then you've got Iowa, Wisconsin, the two kind of bruiser teams that um, had have had whatever potential to take control of the West. Let's see who comes out on top. So kind of um, telling games in a way. And Ohio State, Penn State, with but, yeah. nobody giving really Penn State a chance. There were 19 and a half point uh, dogs going into the game, and they almost came away with the win. And then you got, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go down the list. So Michigan, Michigan State. Um, Phenomenal game. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. That was which a lot of fun. You kind of assume that that's gonna, how it's going to be with the uh, in-state rivalries. So that was fun. The, the troubles continue for Michigan in, in ranked, ranked games yeah. and ranked games on the road. Yeah. What was, the, what was the stat on that? Do you remember? I want to say it's like 0-6 against top 10 teams on the road or AP ranked teams and then 2-9 and nine overall, something like that. So are people still going to, I shouldn't say still, ha, are they still calling for Harbaugh's head? I haven't been keeping I up with that no whole idea. thing. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's hard to keep track. I don't, I don't, I don't care if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. Iowa, Wisconsin, we will get there. Um, Rutgers, Illinois. I remember when you said, oh, Rutgers, Illinois, and I was like, who would watch that voluntarily? <laughs> hey, uh, Rutgers with another win. They started the season, I want to say like 3-0 and before mm-hmm. um, I think they ran into Michigan and some other uh, good football teams, but Rutgers not a bad team. It's interesting how Penn State lost Illinois. It is. <laughs> and then comes back and the score doesn't really dictate how close that game was for Penn State, Ohio State. No, and you know what? They hung with them for, uh, let's let's go to that one, Penn State, Ohio State, for... Most pre- of the game. Yeah, for preparing for Illinois <laughs> at the big house. James Franklin, uh, he they played pretty close with, with Ohio State. <laughs> A lot of different schools going on. <laughs> then Purdue, Nebraska. I feel like um, leading up to this point, you were kind of like, you know what? I think Nebraska's kind of figuring it out, right? So I feel like this was maybe one of those um, telling games, too, like I was saying in the beginning here, that... 
yeah, you kind of like, is Purdue that good? Is Nebraska figuring it out? You know what I mean? Like you were kind of trying to figure out those two things. Um, and Purdue we know came nothing. out with the win. Yeah, 28 <laughs> 23, another, another close one. And now Minnesota Northwestern. Well, we'll go to Indiana, Maryland first. Indiana, Maryland, high scoring game. Mm-hmm. Not not a whole lot of defense being played. Thirty eight, thirty five. Um, Indiana still without Penix, uh, so continuing to roll with their backup. Minnes- They've got quite a few injuries over there. Yeah, uh, and then Minnesota Northwestern. Strangely enough, Minnesota now holds the uh, holds the fate. They're the dark horse, man. I swear, nobody was talking about them in the beginning of the year. Am I wrong? I uh, I don't I don't remember hearing anything. Right. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but I feel like uh, a lot of the hype was, of course, around Iowa, Penn State, um, Ohio State always. But Minnesota, they're coming from behind. Um, One thing here. um, So we're using an app where it shows the logos of every school. And I've pointed this out before, but never like on the podcast. There is Penn State, Iowa, and Michigan State. We're the only three that don't have a letter as our logo. Huh. That that is a good uh just a weird weird tidbit. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. For that. Happy Monday. So let's get into it. Um before we do that, I gotta talk about Galena River Wine and Cheese. You know I gotta do that. Put hey, a smile actually, on everyone's faces. Um we had a buddy, um not a buddy, a member of the Bales team, Phil O'Brien, shout out. Uh went to Galena this past weekend. And did he love Galena River Wine and Cheese? He did. He got he said he got some bourbon and he got some wine and he had a good time in Galena. Good. That's fantastic. Well, hey, go check it out. There you go. A, a review from a real person, not just us. <laughs> Galena River Wine and Cheese. You can check them out online, galenariverwineandcheese.com. All kinds of good stuff going on on their website that you can order and ship right to your door, including the Cheese of the Month Club, galenariverwineandcheese.com. Let's talk offense first. I feel like that's where we have the most content to discuss. <laughs> so before we went into the Wisconsin game, our offense was ranked 119th out of 130 offenses nationally. And now I'm, I'm assuming after this game, it's it's likely going to, going to drop. Be similar? <laughs> well, similar or maybe drop just a little bit. So let's talk about it. Your, uh, your take, give me a summary on the offense. I think we continue to have opportunities to do things. I think that our defense and our special teams continually do their best to try and put us in a position to be successful. I mean, right out the gate, we get 40 yards on the kickoff return. And unfortunately, we don't do anything. You know, we go three and out. Um, I'm a fan of throwing on first down. I think that's a good thing. I do think that there are times where we're thinking too much. Okay. And when you think too much, a few things can happen. Um, when you think too much, you play slow because you're you're thinking about what it is you're trying to do. So, like, on any given play, like, and I can only pull from my own experiences, when when I would play, if I did something and I'm jogging back to the huddle, I have no idea what happened that play. I like blacked out in the middle of the play. Like while I'm doing it, I know what's going on, but it's all reaction. Because you're, um, okay. Like you're in the zone. Like this is what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't, so before the snap, if I'm running like a go, I'm thinking, 
oh, this is what I might do for a release. And then if he jumps out, I'll go in. If he jumps in, then I'll go out. So um, I kind of liken it to this is what it reminds me of. You know when you're driving home from work, a drive that you've done a million times, and you're just kind of going along and you look out the window and you kind of like come to for a second. You're like, whoa, I don't actually remember (laughs) that drive. It's a little bit like that. Or like you're pulling in and you're like, wait, how did I get home? Yeah, exactly. Because you've just done it so many times. It's like you said, reactionary. And but... um, You know, when there's a lot of twists and a lot of turns, I shouldn't say twists, you don't really twist when you're driving, but a lot of turns. If there's a detour. Yeah, I guess. Um, Yeah, detour. And you've got to kind of think about, okay, now which way am I going? I I never take this way. Then you have to really pay attention and maybe you might slow down. Okay, this is a great analogy. Really killing it here. (laughs) So yeah, I I can totally understand what you're saying. So I think that's kind of where we are. I think that there are ways to get our guys into positions to be successful. And part of it is playing fast. It might mean um, part of it is getting people into their natural positions. Um, As a receiver, I think receivers are best, your best option against defensive backs, just based on athleticism, based on size, based on all that stuff. Um, twice we had a tight end out there, which Sam Laporte is a, a, a great tight end, but I think we're putting him in a tough situation to run an out route against a corner. Um, I think around the end zone, I think that you're taking advantage of the big body and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's, that could be a good thing. But I think as far as like, um, you know, we try to get Tyler Goodson to run some routes and I think he's great, uh, catching the ball in space and going, um, but as far as like receivers, I think receivers should be receivers. I, I think there's point to it that the more you can do, then you can kind of make things look similar and you can change it up and you can do what you want to put your best guys on the field. But I think that there are opportunities to put guys into positions where they are best suited for that position. Mm-hmm. I think you can throw wrinkles in there and, you know, keep the defense guessing. But I think we just need to be aware of kind of when we do that. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, there were a couple of times too where I was like, "Where? Where's Nico? Where's Charlie?" You know that kind of thing. And we had talked about, and this was totally based off of—I mean, we can only base it off of your experience and, and mine with you. Um, we talked about kind of the head game of being a receiver, and I was like, "How do you get out of that?" You know, with Nico and his and his few drops. And you were like, "Well, you just gotta—you gotta remind yourself that this is what you do." Well, when Nico's not really given any chances in games, and and I mean whatever the reason is for that it's kind of hard to get out of that rut right because you're you're not being reminded of what it is that you're capable of right Mm -hmm, for sure or even if it's just going in there and blocking like just something to reaffirm that like this is what i do and i think as far as that's concerned i think that we need to continue to try as best we can to do that um the other part of that is um they had six sacks and 10 tackles for loss I mean, that's obviously not great. Uh, We only had one tackle for loss and zero sacks. So they were clearly getting after us. Um, A lot of times they were only bringing four. That's the tough thing. You know, we've got five guys and they would go one-on-one with our tackles or whatever. And and I think that we've had a few guys rotating. Is that correct? Yeah, right tackle. There's a couple of guys that that are are going in and out. And during the postgame, Ferentz was saying that the offensive line is struggling because they actually he he didn't say because right but he kind of alluded to the fact that there are some injuries that they're kind of having to 
sift through right now. And it takes me back to when you had those the shins situation mm -hmm. and you could only play so many snaps. I was like, oh, maybe it's something like that. Like offensive linemen typically have ankle issues, right? That's kind of a common thing. Sure. And maybe it's something like that where maybe it's not a season ending or you know, you don't have to miss a game for it. You just can't take as many reps kind of thing. And so that's why they're swapping in and out. That could be a potential. Mm -hmm. It could be. Um, the way that I think we can help out our young tackles, and it's not a point of you have to do something every time, but if you have to do it every time, you can do it every time. Uh, if you have a tight end on that side and he chips, or you have a running back and before he gets into pass pro, he chips, or excuse me, before he goes into a route. And what does that mean, chips? It means like, let's say a defensive end is trying to run up the field against your tackle. A lot of times defensive ends are going to try and beat them outside because if they duck in, a quarterback can roll outside. So they want to keep him in the pocket. So they're going to run up the field and try and beat the tackle to, let's say it's the right tackle. Mm -hmm. So as you're looking at the formation, uh, as the quarterback's view to the right side is your right tackle. The defensive end is going to try and beat him to his right to keep Spencer forward so Spencer can't roll out if he were to duck inside. Um, and so when he does that, uh, a running back or a tight end could just quick give him a boop, just a little hit on the shoulder at the defensive end, give him a little hit on the shoulder, force him a little bit more inside and help out the tackle. Mm, okay. Now, do you want to do that every time you throw the ball? No, <laughs> but you might have to, to give your guys an opportunity to, to throw it. I think that and short passes, you know, I can't, I don't remember the last time I saw a bubble pass, a bubble screen, you know, that we ran, we've run a lot of tunnel screens. We've done a lot of that trying to get our linemen in space and Arlen Bruce has run a couple for 10 yards and whatnot. Um, but little bubble screens, we used to run them a lot when I was there and Riley ran them a lot and, um, it's just odd not to see that as often, especially when teams are crowding the box as often as they are. You know, they got eight, nine guys within four yards of the ball. Um, I'm just surprised we're not trying to spread them out a little bit more, getting that will out, getting that safety out, and kind of going from there. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting. It seemed like it seemed like Spencer didn't have a lot of time. Obviously, you talk about the multiple sacks. You hate to see that. But then at the same time, when he did have a little bit more time, it was like he couldn't find anybody open. What I mean, like, you always talk about when we're watching, you always talk about, like, their reads, right? And I, I don't fully understand what that is. I mean, is that, I don't know, maybe expand on that. Like, what is a quarterback's reads, and is that a big part of this offense? Well, absolutely. I mean, any given play will have a read. Now, what that read is can change. Let's take a basic concept. For example, let's take like a curl, curl flat concept. You're going to read the will linebacker. So essentially, you're going to see if they're in a zone or in a man. Um, and if you've got two receivers to the right, the, the receiver closest to the sideline is going to run basically 12 yards straight at the field, turn around, look at the quarterback. The second receiver, the second inside receiver is going to run like a four or five yard out. If the will runs with the second receiver, then the quarterback knows there's going to be a window there for the curl. Now, he's expecting his guy to win. You know, if it's zone and you can see the will kind of sitting in your window, then you know you can't throw the curl. Mm -hmm. But if you see the will dart out, then you know that's where the lane is going to be. So you can read somebody on the defense or it can be a triangle read where you're reading one to two to three. And it's like, okay, this is where we expect the ball to go. But if he's not there, then you got to go to number two. And if he's not there, then you got to go to number three. And so a longer developing play 
just takes a lot of time in order to develop and obviously develop. But basically for Spencer to be able to go through all of his reads and make a confident decision when he finally does release the football. So like you talk about kind of all the the pieces that go into it, the reads and all of the things. Um, But I know you're a little bit biased being uh, being a receiver, but how do you feel about, I mean, I feel like as Iowa fans, a lot of us could always be like, can we just throw it like a little bit more? <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily throw it more, but like, um, I, I, I'm a fan of throwing it down the field and then letting your receiver make a play. I'm a fan of if you see one-on-one on the outside and you see press, I'm going to give my guy a shot. Um, I'm especially a fan of this on second and one. On second and one or second and two where you know it's short, I'm a fan of go ahead, take your shot downfield. Well, you've still got one more chance after that, <laughs> assuming it doesn't work. Or two. Or two. But um, the fact that you can just kind of snap, so especially down around the goal line. So we got that goal line stop, and then we ran a QB sneak, which I would have done the exact same thing. I think that you got to try and give your offense just a little bit more wiggle room to work. I owe you $500 for that. <laughs> <laughs> because they were they were right there, and you're like, I bet you 500 bucks they do a QB sneak right here. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I mean, I should never go against what you say in terms of football plays and such. But yeah, so you, I mean, we have the same bank account. So whatever you want to spend 500 bucks on, I owe you. I like that. <laughs> okay, sorry, um, continue. And I would have done the exact same thing because I think you got to give your offense just a little bit more room to operate. Then the second play would come out and... We um, we try to hand the ball off to Ivory Kelly Martin. Something that happens, I I mean, something that almost never happens is a is a fumbled exchange. You know, that's not something you see. But they had nine guys within four yards of the football, four yards of the line of scrimmage. You're one on one on the outside. I know there's a deep safety, so I would go twelve personnel. Get two receivers, one tight end, two running backs. If you want to do a little play action, that's fine. Just a quick little play action. But I think you just run fades on either side. I think you take one shot. You can run a fade. You can run a post. You can run a comeback. Whatever they're like, whatever your receivers are best at running, that's what you should do. And if you do end up throwing fades, and um, if Spencer looks, if Spencer knows that he wants to play his left. And he snaps and he looks to his right and just manipulates that safety a little bit before he comes back to his left. And then you bomb it. Let's say it gets intercepted at the 45-yard line. It's like a bad punt instead of being backed up, which is if you're backed up on the two-yard line and you're punting anyway, it's going to be a quicker punt. Tory is not going to get as much on it, and you've got the risk of it being blocked. So there's a lot of other things that I think kind of go in there. And if it doesn't work out, then it's third down, and you can do whatever you want to do on third down. But I'm a big fan of giving your guys an opportunity. I know Tavon got a lot of opportunities. Uh, CJ and I, uh, uh, CJ gave me a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of different, I think, chances uh, to just kind of let your go, let your receiver go, and just see what he can do. And again, if it gets picked off, it's a bad punt. You put your defense back out there. But instead of our defense has to put out a had to put out a lot of fires against Wisconsin. Well, and that's worst case scenario, right? It gets intercepted, and then you go best case scenario. You give your receiver a chance. Let's say Charlie, Nico, I don't care, Keegan, Tor- uh, Tyrone, right? <laughs> give them a chance. Um, they make a big play like that. Not only does that boost their confidence, but then the whole offense is lit, right? Potentially creates a little more momentum for your offense, and boop boop boop, continue down 
down the field. So I hear you. I hear you talking. One thing, too, uh, that was strange when you look at the box score was that Potterbaum had three carries. And I don't think we can necessarily do this podcast without talking about the double fullback dive. I feel like it's a pretty common thing on Twitter right now. Um, Coach Ferentz said that he felt that it was the best play at that time and that he said that, you know, obviously if something doesn't work, you wish you would have done something differently. Um, but they felt confident. And um, running behind Tyler Lunderbaum, I mean, it's kind of like the double sneak against Purdue. It was the same thing. Running behind your best player uh, on offense. It's just tough when it's not given to Tyler Goodson in those kinds of situations. I think that's kind of all there needs to be said about that. I don't think we need to go any further. Um, just another thing coming Just another thing coming from the um, postgame. It was Petrus was talking, and he said that, uh, you know, during the bye week and then coming off of this loss, they're not going to really invent any new plays. They're not going to come up with anything different or I'm summarizing here, or try to be something they're not, I guess, but that they're just going to kind of continue the the path and just kind of get good at, quote, what they do. What are your thoughts on that? Is that, hmm, is that stubbornness in terms of, like, we are who we are kind of thing? Or is that like, you know, this is what we got? What do you think? I think it kind of goes back to the age old thing and it's, it will come up everywhere you go, but especially at Iowa, it's, um, tradition versus innovation. Mm. So you want to incorporate some new things, but you don't want to throw out what it is that you're really good at and your identity. And I think Iowa's identity is running the football, running the football has been Iowa's identity for a long time. And unfortunately we're not as good at that as we expect to be. So it's kind of making us second guess a lot of different things, right? Do you need to throw out the playbook? No. Not at all. Do I think that there are room, room, do I think that there's room to add a few things? Of course. You can always add a few things. Do you need to just throw it and be like, you know what? We're going air raid. That's it. No, we don't need to, we don't need to go. I don't know. It just feels like maybe just one time we could try that. Well, we did against Northwestern last year and it didn't turn out very well for us either. (laughs) So the, the thing that kind of stuck out to me is the difference in play calling between Spencer and Padilla. Hmm. So Spencer came out. And I don't know if they were just trying to hold him because of his shoulder or what it was. He waved him off. Padilla was on his way on the field at the end of that last, on the end of Spencer le- Spencer's last drive, but he waved him off and said, no, I'm good. I'm staying in. Oh, um, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah. And then unfortunately we threw the ball away on fourth and 13 miscommunication. I have no idea what happened on that particular play. Um, he had Keegan on the comeback, but I don't know if he thought Keegan was going to keep going or if the... Uh, his left tackle kind of got into him. I don't know if he made contact before he threw the ball. It was an odd play. Um, But to go back, but then the next drive, Spencer leaves, Padilla comes in, and they still ran Iowa's offense, but there were a lot more open opportunities. Keegan, unfortunately, had his first muff that I've seen, um, you know, right in the chest, but he's open on a quick slant. You know what they did on the other side? A bunch and they forced Wisconsin to put what they're in. Are they the twos? Yes, the twos are in as far as um, Wisconsin was concerned. But we were able to find open guys. Keegan, I think, had two or three quick slants once Padilla came in. We had some different things going on. Padilla extended a play and hit Laporta. It wasn't new stuff. Like, that's in the playbook. That's why we were able to run it. But for whatever reason, um, we don't do that as much when Spencer's in. And I think it's because Spencer gets a better hold of the offense. So they can, they try to put a lot more in there because mm. he's capable. But I think at the same time, I think to help kind of the offensive line that continues to mold and continues to find itself, um, you know, having guys rotate, 
I think that kind of making that simple read can, might be able to help, you know, this offense just go down the field and just expand the linebackers. You got to expand, keep the safety out of the box, get back to a seven to eight man box versus a nine or 10. <laughs> and that might help your running game a little bit too. So you mentioned in the Wisconsin preview that like something that you would change about the offense or something that you would add or whatever um, was adding more of those bunches or clusters or stacks um, or whatever words you used. Um, Before Padilla came in, like you just mentioned, uh, the one that they did when he was in, did you see any in the game prior to that? I did not see uh, maybe one or two. I'm kind of blanking. I didn't see many, but on Padilla's drives, I saw two or three. Interesting. Which would have been one or two drives. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I just remember when you were playing, that was kind of something you guys did a decent amount because I always liked it. I liked the way it looked. (laughs) Well, and so it comes up with a lot of different releases. You can come up with a lot of different things that come out of it. So uh, Regani's catch on the slant there on the, uh, uh, he caught a seam ball because they went single high. We still went three by one. What I mean by three by one is we had three receivers on one side, one on the other. And uh, Nico and Charlie did a switch release. So when I say number three, it means it's the receiver closest to the ball. When I say number one, it's the receiver closest to the sideline. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you count from out to in. And so receiver one ran a go. Receiver two, Charlie, went across the field. And receiver three snuck behind Charlie and then went up the seam. And that's how we got the ball because the safety had to respect Charlie, carried him. And then Nico had a chance on the seam ball. But you can do that out of a bunch that makes it just a little bit cleaner. And it forces, again, the DBs to tell you what they want to play. You know right away if it's man or zone. It's a lot more difficult to disguise that kind of stuff. So, But they were able to do that switch release and it worked for them. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff, again, it's in Iowa's playbook. It's just a matter of, um, again, I'm biased. I'm a receiver. (laughs) I'd like to see more of it. So we'll just kind of touch on the defense here before we... um before we say goodbye. But um, my take on it is, you know, this this wasn't their best game. Wasn't their best game against um, Purdue either. My kind of take is they're tired. And and not, I'm not, this isn't like a bash on them, but it's like they're on the field a lot. And um, with the stellar performances that they had at the beginning of the year, there, first of all, was a lot of expectation. Uh, but second, it's like, can that sustain itself, right? What they were doing at the beginning of the year, it's tough. And then, you know, when when they're out there, you know, three and out, three and out, that kind of thing. And it's like, all right, suit up, back on the field again. I'm, I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that does get a little bit, it wears on them. Yes or no? Am I right? Am I mean, I... I'm sure it's like, come on, fellas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm, am I being too harsh when I say that? No, okay. but I think it's, I think it's, they're constantly having to put out fires right now. Right, right. The two games we lost are the two games that we lost the turnover battle, hmm. which means that you're giving the defense less time on the, uh, to rest, A, uh, to your point, and you're going three and out, which again, gives your defense less time to rest. Um, but two, putting out fires. I mean, we fumbled the ball in the two yard line. It's a lot to ask your defense to come out there and hold them to a field goal. Yeah. So they end up scoring a touchdown. Uh, they do their job. The defense does their job. They punt. We muff the punt inside the 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, back out there. I mean, that's that's tough when you're yeah. on defense. When you're on offense, you always want to be on the field because that means you're going to score, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, Can I ask you something about that too? 
um, we were like, come on, fellas, like that kind of thing. Does, I don't, I don't mean this in a mean way at all, but when you have that kind of frustration, does that mess with the team chemistry at all? Where the defense is like, oh, the offense. I'm coming from the mind of a girl, right? Where it's like everything's <laughs> kind of like, ugh, that thing, eh, whatever. Is, is that a thing or is that not really a thing? Not to say that that's what's happening with Iowa. I'm just curious. Um, Potentially. Okay. I mean, there are some times where like, I mean, there are definitely times when I was playing that some of the DBs would come over and be like, hey, y'all got to go. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. Like, I remember specifically um, Greg Maven would come over and be like, hey, this is where you guys take over now. Like, you guys got to do something. <laughs> We've been busting our butts out there. This is your time now. Yeah. And so stuff like that definitely kind of gets you riled up because it's easy to get caught up in. I'm the offense. I'm with my guys. Right. This is what we do. And it's tough sometimes to be like, oh, yeah. We're one team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you're secular in between offense, defense, and special teams. But I think sometimes you get caught up in these are the guys I'm around. Like, okay, now it's time we're on the field. Okay, now we're on the bench. And you kind of forget that, like, those other guys are, like, busting their butts, too, for you to go out there and do your job. Yeah. yeah. They're doing their job to the best of their ability. They expect you to do the same. Okay. And um, not saying that the offense is always lacking by any means. No, 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 no. But defense definitely, I mean, they want to win. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want to win just as bad as anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think about too, uh, it's totally different when you guys like in camp and it's you guys against you guys kind of thing, Hawks against Hawks. And there's like a fight on the field and then you go into the locker room and everyone's cool and like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Like girls could never do that. So that's why I ask like, (laughs) oh, is this even like, is this even a thing? Um, It it doesn't necessarily mess with the chemistry, but I think that just like anything, you want to pick your guy up, whether it's offense, yeah. defense, special teams, you want to pick your guy up and make sure that they know that you got belief in them to go out and do what they need to do. For sure. Okay. So we are headed on to Northwestern. This one, we'll get into it obviously in the preview, but Northwestern feels like one where we go into it and it's like, eh, it's Northwestern. It's also Whatever. like a high school field. So, And that's part of it. They're getting a brand new stadium. Are they really? Yo, that Ryan family, big money. Sheesh. What do they do? I don't know, but it's big money. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. That's going to be my thing for the preview. Everybody be on the lookout for that. Who is the Ryan family? Who are these people? <laughs> I got no clue. Figuring it out. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a game where we kind of go into it and it's like, eh, it's Northwestern. But they, they put up a fight. They've kind of, I don't want to say they've got our number, but they've definitely, they've they put up some, some challenges for the Hawks. Well, Pat Fitzgerald's got a special hatred for Iowa uh, for a few different reasons. <laughs> we'll get into so, that, too. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we always get their best shot. This, I think this is a spot where everybody's bagging on Iowa. Do or die time. Whatever. It's not do or die time. But I think everybody's <laughs> bagging on Iowa, and I think everybody's kind of got these predispositions of what they expect and whatnot. And then this is the game that Iowa just goes out and wins by 30. Well, this too, I feel like is, um, this is where Iowa thrives. And I say that in a, in a way of all of our sports, but Iowa likes the underdog mentality. I think that spans, I'm going to go aside from wrestling, but, um, I think that spans across a lot of our sports, but then I think about wrestling's wrestling room, although that's getting redone too. They kind of like that, like, you know, we don't need anything fancy. 
We just we just need our rusty weights. They don't have rusty weights, but whatever. Just this this wrestling room, the classics. I mean, I'd agree that they're the underdog. <laughs> if Spencer didn't walk out till we will rock you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not definitely not saying they're an underdog, but you get what I'm. Yeah. You get my point. Hundred percent. But yeah, I think uh, just as Iowa, that's that's kind of where they were the come behind guys, and um, yeah, I think I think this is a, a pretty decent spot for us to be in, in terms of what could happen and what could be. I mean, technically we, now Wisconsin, I think, holds the key in terms of holding their destiny for the West. What about Minnesota? So Minnesota does too, but since we play them, we have an opportunity to knock them down to two losses in the Big Ten. Mm, Okay. But they kind of hold their own, yeah. I mean, they hold their own, but we hold their we hold our own in terms of playing them. The tough part is Wisconsin holds their own completely because they play everybody else. Gotcha. Does that make sense? You can cut that out. Should I just cut it out? Sure. So we shall see as we go on to Northwestern week. So let's just take a breather between now and Friday morning when the Northwestern preview comes out. And uh, we'll see what what we got in store for us next Saturday, 6 p.m. kickoff. I think Tuesday will be a day to look at. Um, KF said he's hoping to have some... uh, some updates on some injuries. Uh, Terry Roberts had an injury during the week uh, this past week, so Jamari Harris uh, made his first start. Um, Riley Moss, hopefully, you know, hopefully some good news on Tuesday concerning some injured guys. So we will be on the lookout for that. We'll have all of that info and more as we go into Friday. It's Northwestern week. Let's pick it back up, Hawks. Here we go. Let's roll. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 